listening to For the Love of God Pod. For the Love of God Podcast. Welcome to For the Love of God Podcast, a show for Christians that keep it real. Whether you're new to Christianity, a seasoned Christian, or dipping your toes in the baptismal water, this show is for you. Join us and strengthen your Christian walk. Play games and discover new music. This ain't your mama's Christian podcast. Baptismal waters are kind of cold today, actually. All right, folks, welcome back to the show. This is Jason, your host for the For the Love of God podcast. <laughs> One of these days, it's going to come out nice and smooth. I know, you know. <laughs> and of course, we're here with the boys, Pastor Rick Rieger. Oh, there it goes. Amen. There it goes. Amen. There it goes. Hallelujah. Good night, Rick. Oh, oh yes. wait a minute. That's later. And of course, your favorite nerd, Nathan Jewell. Think I'm just too white and nerdy. Think I'm just too white and nerdy. Can't you see I'm white and nerdy? Look at me, I'm white and nerdy. And if you don't believe it, you should see the little dance I just did. Oh, yes. Weird Al would be proud. The little jig. <laughs> <laughs> Fellas, welcome. Welcome back for another roll down this show. It's episode number, I don't know, 18, 19. Really? That yeah, really that deep into this? Well, thing? wow. Technically, the the big show, our show, the Wednesday show, is number nineteen, I think. Oh, it doesn't seem like but that many. There's thirty two episodes combined when you add in all the Sunday shorts. Ah, so nice, folks. We have a guest today, um, all the way from Atlanta, Georgia, Miss Karima and Morty. Yay! Hello, Karima. Hi. I just wanted to be able to say that. It's such cool intro music. <laughs> you guys are jamming. <laughs> we like to have a good time. Yes, you do. Yes, we do. <laughs> and yes, um, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, Nathan, they call you the white nerd, but I call myself a diva nerd because I have like this diva personality or look, but I'm very much the nerd. <laughs> and I'm like a you proud know, nerd I, too. So never I, be I've learned to embrace this ever. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with the nerd no, at all. Nothing. nothing wrong with that at all. <laughs> no, if it wasn't for the nerds, we wouldn't have cell phones. I found it pays pretty well, so I can't complain. <laughs> right. I wouldn't have this uh, gadget. Hey, my first degree is in engineering. I started as a nerd, okay? Yeah. Wow. I, I've broken out, but I, I'm still a nerd at heart. I st- well, I mean, I spent six hours editing a show last night, so I guess I'm kind of yeah, pretty, pretty nerdy. Pretty nerdy. It's pretty yeah. nerdy, yeah. Yeah. I started out in engineering too, Rick. I ended up in organizational management, but I started out in engineering and realized I didn't like math enough. <laughs> I see. I see. You see, I, I didn't think I was going to like math, but then I once I got into school, I fell in love with math. It was the strangest thing. I, in high school, I actually got, I think, well, that, I, that was my worst grade ever. I got my first D and only D in high school in Algebra 1. And I realized it was probably just because the teacher or just I wasn't paying attention at the time because I was more interested in girls than math. But (laughs) once I went to school, I realized algebra, calculus, all that stuff. It's awesome. It makes sense. I guess that makes me a nerd. But yeah, I thought it was great. And I had the exact opposite experience. (laughs) I I was like, oh, you know what? I can't. My mind can't focus that hard that long. No. It, I'm more of that's a, my daughter yeah I'm on the side even though I liked it in high school I thought it would be something cool to do you know not many women in engineering and then I got there it's like okay that was a 
a dream. That wasn't like reality for my life. But you know what I liked about math? The math wasn't fun just to do on its own. It's when you start applying it to stuff Mm. like you take algebra and then all of a sudden you apply it to physics and it makes sense. Or you take calculus and apply it to uh, the output or the input of a capacitor in electronics. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden it kind of has life. And it's yeah, you're, you really are a nerd, though. Like, I think you got some nerds. Yeah, baby, <laughs> that's me. Oh, where's my Jason's the cool one. We're um, not cool at all. I needed, I needed, I, I, I needed to be awake there because. <laughs> that's right. I love you guys too, man. I love you all. Yeah, he lost me with capacitor. Crickets. I'm sorry. <laughs> a capa- who? Unless you're talking about a flux capacitor, that conversation's over. <laughs> that's just a whole different kind of uh, nerdiness there. Right. Uh, anywho. Anywho. So, point, folks, we were very excited. Uh, Karima has a, a wonderful story she's going to share with us tonight. She was uh, born and raised Muslim mm-hmm. and um, is converted to Christianity. Hallelujah. Yes. And, um, so God she's, is good. Yes. She's, uh, she's All gonna, the time. Right. So she's going to take us down that road. And so we're going to talk about that today. Karima, the stage is yours. Wow, man. Thank you, Jason, Nathan, Rick. Guys. This story, I'm so grateful to be able to tell my story of um, conversion because it's oftentimes, many, many times as I've shared it, it always, someone always is connecting with it and, you know, want to know Jesus and, you know, accepting Christ later in life. I won't go how late, but just only been, in, you know, Christian like 10 and a half years. Um, and I'm aged wine. This <laughs> is like that. I'm aged wine. <laughs> um I was new wine skin. Yes, I'm like this crazy radical Jesus lover now because I feel like I got to make up for time that I lost. And I was born into the nation of Islam. Like I was telling Jason, you know, I wasn't even born into the real Islam. I was born into a fake, fake religion, which it, which is kind of really weird because I was born into the nation of Islam, which is kind of more like black nationalist Islam. And then from the age of 10, we went into quote unquote true Islam, which is kind of like an oxymoron. Um, and then you went, and then I, from there, spent my whole life as a quote unquote true Muslim. You know, uh, even though we grew up, you know, praying five times a day, you know, I didn't eat pork, you know, most of my life, as my, with my parents, we were um, vegetarian. Then, you know, when we decided to accept, um, become non Muslims, in, in terms of the, you know, from the Eastern perspective, um, pro, you know, learning about Prophet Muhammad, I was brought up born and raised in, you know, kind of like a black nationalist woman, brother minister Farrakhan thinking that God was this light skinned black man that we kept on a picture on the wall. And if I told you about that, Jason, but, uh, um, uh, it was in the master for, we used to call him master for Muhammad. And it was this light skinned black man that was on our picture on our wall. And I thought that was God. I grew up thinking that was God. And we didn't even read the Quran. We were told to put the Quran on the highest shelf in the house and you never touched it. And so we would just dust it off and I would be all scared when mama would send me up there to dust off the the Quran. And then there's a situation that happened when Anwar Elijah Muhammad, who took over from him, you know, died. There's a split in the nation of Islam and his son was given the reins and he went to Mecca, discovered Islam, the true Islam. And my family decided, my dad, my mom decided to go with, you know, the one that 
the Honorable Elijah Muhammad had appointed and Brother Minister Farrakhan and other crew wanted to keep it the way it was before walking into what was considered true Islam. So, I, you know, fast forward to my life, you know, it was a kind of a dying relic, our, our Islamic sect, if you will, in terms of the ones that found true Islam, because unfortunately, even in the Islamic community, it's very separate. Um, and if you're not from... Um, um, from the East, if you're not from the Eastern, uh, Eastern country, or if you're not, if you're an American, especially a black American, you're not necessarily accepted in the Muslim community that we had, you know, people here and there that would accept us, but they didn't really consider our, um, um, our, our being Muslims as believers, as we call it. We, we didn't really consider us as real believers because we weren't, um, from either some, you know, Pakistan or, you know, mm-hmm. any other, uh, what the word is leaving me? What is <laughs> a culture from the um, Arab culture? We went from an Arab culture, and okay. so when when I used to try to go to mosque, you know, and you know get to get to know our Arab community as an adult, because I was seeking to find a place to find home in a Muslim community. We had no more really Muslim communities that have African Americans or Americans pretty much at all um, that weren't Arab or Arab speaking. And so I was very disappointed for many years. And I just stopped trying to go to mosque because I was looked at really strange. I covered my hair, did all the right things, sat on the other side with the women, tried to connect with the women, but it was just like, no, we don't want no parts of you. And so I went these many years still practicing the religion, but pretty much on my own or, you know, going to conferences or to that extent. And then one day, I won't say one day I was working in, um, in Benton Harbor, I was working for um, an, a nonprofit arm, Aurora Pool Corporation. I was one of their education arm. And I was going through literally serious depression. I, I had the dream. I was making six figures, lived a fabulous home, had the car, had everything that the, the society told you that a strong black, you know, leader was supposed to have. But people didn't know that I couldn't sleep at night. I literally was go to home, have anxiety attacks. And I was calling the ambulance. I lived in this condo by myself. My sons were adults and I would call the emergency line three or four times a week and then go and run a multi, a multi-million dollar corporation. No one knew. And I was so afraid someone was going to find out that I was being taken to the hospital because I was having panic attacks thinking I was dying three or four times a week. This is with having wow. money and all the things that people tell you that make you happy. And so during that period, I started to search. I started to look. I had, I never watched TV before. Some reason during that time, because I could never sleep or I was actually afraid to go to sleep. As soon as I would lay down and go to sleep, I know now it was demonic. But at the time, I'm just like, what the heck is going on? Um, and then I would lay down and go to sleep and I was afraid. So I started watching television and, and I was one of these Christians, excuse me, I was one of these Muslims that was like, mm, I don't want anything to do with that God because my experience, I had a lot, all of my friends pretty much were Christian because I didn't know a lot of Muslims. Um, but one of the things that I found, at least in the circle ones, I knew I loved them. I didn't judge their, um, at least I didn't openly judge their um, faith because I'm like, there's all these are my friends. But when I think, I'm like, you guys, you, you believe in Jesus, but you're sick, you're broke and I always need money for me. I don't want no parts of your God, you know? <laughs> and so that's why it's so important that we live a life that people want to know about our God. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, so, Amen. And so, yeah. So, how was the person everybody ball for in January after they spent all their money in Christmas? And I was like, you guys, <laughs> this doesn't seem right. And that was my mentality. So I had this kind of disdain. I didn't say it openly because they were my friends and I loved them, but I, I didn't want nothing to do with your Jesus. I was like, the, like you can keep him. I'm good. Because if he was working, it would, you would need to figure out how he can work for your life. 
Um, and so, but I was watching TV. I started to watch TV late at night, which I never turn on my TV, but I started to watch it because I was literally couldn't afraid to sleep. And for some reason, I know now as the Holy Spirit, you know, I would start to watch different. I would go to the, um, the, the TBN Christian broadcast channel or one of those ones that are on all night. And the only time that I got any peace was when I was watching those shows. I didn't understand it, but you have to understand, I was at a point that I was having so many panic attacks, afraid to come home, afraid to go to sleep, that I would have took anything at this point. I'm like, I don't care what it is, as long as it can remove this oppressive fear that will come over me. And so I started watching them. And let me tell you, the funny thing was that I was sneaking watching them in my own place, and I lived by myself. So that's <laughs> 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 which is on the level because you know in our faith that if you're you know it's, it says in the Quran that if you go into another faith you're worse than an infidel and that you would be just the worst thing you can do is to leave um, Islam and go to another faith and then try to come back. It's, but it says in the Bible, I realize now they just pretty much twist the stuff from the Bible and put it in Quran. But of course, I didn't know that then, and so I'm like, I'm afraid. Like somebody's going to know, but even though I was afraid to watch, I was still watching because it was the only time I got peace. Literally, I would fall asleep in my, in my den because I would fall asleep finally by watching these Christian programs. I didn't really understand it. As a matter of fact, I, this is so good. God is so good. Let me such a, God got jokes because I'm making fun of the same thing that's helping me go to sleep. But I'm still like, hmm, okay, this Jesus three and one, whatever, blood. But that's the only thing that's helping me go to sleep. <laughs> but I'm in my mind. So it's like, you know how we fight. The, the enemy is comes with all kind of lies. So fast forward. I had a friend that worked with me. She ran one of the um, nonprofit arms for Whirlpool. Her name was Rose Hunt. I always bring up her name because just like the woman who you know poured the out the oil from the alabaster box on Jesus, I always want to give her credit because she was the person. So she was this person. She lived in the condo over top of me. We lived downtown. These beautiful condos. She lived in the one to talk to me, and she would always. She worked in the community arm. Always this junk going on, and she would say things like, "Oh, I just make the enemy my footstool. I'm just gonna pray. They're gonna sit down, and and she'll be so confident." And I started to call her the Teflon Don because literally everything that was supposed to try to destroy her, you know, when you're doing community development work, it's always drama. And she would just literally say she would, she would speak these things. She didn't know I was paying attention. I'm like, how the heck did that just happen? You just had this mayor and this, you know, senator, all these people upset with you. And then she would pray and literally she would walk in, everybody be nice. I'm like, what is going on here? What? And so she didn't know I was watching her Christianity. And so it was a good example of how God wanted me to live because she didn't know I was watching her. She didn't try to approach me trying to be a Christian, even though I used to have to speak in churches and things because I was doing education stuff. So I would go to churches, tell them about what we were when, you know, making available to get people's education and so on and so forth. But after watching her for a while, going through all these horrible um, anxiety attacks at the point that I had to go to a doctor's appointment because I was having so much anxiety. My stomach was tore up. I couldn't, I got to a point that I couldn't even drink water. I was, that's how bad it was. Physical, the, the stress was physically tearing my body up. And so one day um, she told me, won't you just come to church with me? And I just came just for, I can't even really remember why I came. I think I just came out of respect for her because I was, you know, I had a lot of respect for her. She was a dynamic woman and I had a lot of respect for her. So I went to church with her. And I, and I walked into the church and I said, uh, they, his name was Pastor Brown. I was telling him a young white guy, um, his name, Pastor Brown. That's my God. love that guy. Um, he, um, he, uh, did the whole sermon. I wasn't really impressed with the sermon. It was like, okay, 
as Christians, I get it. But they had you fill out your um, payment, you know, to give an offering at the end. And they give you, you know, you take it, we give an offering in these envelopes that are in the seat. They didn't call it and you just put it in on the basket on the way out. But on the back of it, it says, do you want prayer? Now, you guys know I have filled out one of those because I used to go to church and speak all the time. And, and I would ne- and, and fill out those things about you. And no one in all of my career had ever called me back. And I've been doing that 20 years. I got a call back from him the actual pastor, but I was getting set up. I didn't know it at the time. And so Pastor Brian called me and I was just because, and I first he called up, then went to voicemail and my friend, because when I found out it was him, out of respect for her, I went to go see him because I really didn't care about what he had to say, but I respect to my friend. Let me try to make this faster. So what happened is I met with Pastor Brian. He gave me this book called The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel. I don't know if you've ever heard of that book. Oh yeah. I read it myself. Okay. It's awesome yeah. Book. yeah. Yeah. I kind of promote, I mean, he don't know how much money he's made off me. Cause I've told everybody about that book like a zillion times. <laughs> <laughs> I need to get a commission. That's how much I talk about that book. So <laughs> he gave me that book. So we met, we had this, you know, conversation. It was cool. He was a nice guy, you know, want to do his stuff in the community. Okay. Whatever. But I came home and started to read the book about a third of the way through the book. I called my father Oh, my dad just died like 17 days ago. So, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't know sorry, it was going to hit me. We're just doing that right now. I just brought it to my mind. So that's okay, though. I'm good because I know he went to heaven because I got him saved like last year and he was 86. Amen. So that's Amen. a whole other yeah, like, that Praise God right there. So, um, so he gave me this book about a third way through. I called my daddy. I said, Daddy, um, I just want you to know that I'm really thinking about, you know, this Christianity because Everything I had ever been told about Christianity, I found out it, it just made sense and the book made so much sense. And I'm an intellectual, so you know, I needed to make I couldn't I couldn't be moved by a fire and brimstone. You got to make it make sense for me to want to be a part of it. And that book made sense and it broke down everything I ever said against Christianity. And it was like so plain. So I finished the book and um the next or two days later I had to go to an appointment with the gastroenterologist that I'd had waited for six months because of my problems. That doctor said, you need to go to a gastro. You, you all messed up inside. You need to go somebody. We see what we're going to do. So on my way to that appointment at the time, I, my windshield wiper was broken and I hadn't gotten it fixed. And I was on my way to this appointment. It took me six months to get in and I'm driving and I'm listening to this CD that my friend made me of gospel music. And since I'm a worship leader, so I love good music, no matter what, I always listen to gospel because as long as it's good music, I don't care if you can sing. I'm like, I'm cool with it. So she made me this one and I was playing that because it was another thing that was helping me. Though at the time I still didn't attribute it to anything. I'm like, okay, it's just good music. They can sing, you know, you know, church people can really sing, you know. So that's what I, in my mind, so I just like the music. I'm I'm dismissing everything. But though I've had this conversation with him and I'm feeling like, I don't know, God, where you tugging me at? So I'm driving down the street. I can see this so clearly. And it starts to rain like a monsoon. Like it break out like a monsoon. Like, it's so much rain. And I only got one windshield wiper, and it's on the passenger side. So I'm driving, and I'm like, I got to pull off into a parking lot at Walgreens because I'm like, if I don't pull off, I'm going to hit somebody because I couldn't see. And I knew I couldn't miss this appointment because they tell you, you miss it, you got to wait this long period. And I'm like, I'm in so much agony, I can't even drink water. So I'm having this daily battle. Okay, okay, I read this book, but I'm afraid to become... Christian because I don't want to get killed. I don't want my father to disown me. I don't want my family to disown me. I have all these emotions, so I'm dealing with all this. And so I get in the car and I say, literally, I say it out loud, God, if you're God, stop this rain 
and get me to a doctor's office. The rain immediately stopped. And I'm not talking about wow. trickle. It stopped. And so I had this stuff on my windshield wipe. I'm getting chilled. Every time I tell this story, it doesn't get any less. It's been 10 years. The stuff in your windshield wiper to make your stuff beat up. And then all, and I looked at it and all the water just gone. It just disappeared. So I'm driving, I pull out and I'm starting to drive. And I'm like, it, it, did it stop for everybody? Because the rain just stopped. I mean, when you, if you had seen how hard the rain was, it wasn't even possible for the rain to stop that fast in natural terms because it would have to trickle down or something. It just stopped. So I'm driving to the, get, and I'm like maybe like another five miles from the doctor's office. And I get into the, into the, um, I get into, I drive into the parking lot, but I didn't say, God, if you're, if you're Jesus in my mind. So you could then the enemy start, okay, well, it's your God that stopped this rain. And then I said, uh, well, how do I said, well, if you're Jesus, start the rain back up. And if you're God, my God, leave it stop. It took a lot, what, one second, two seconds, the rain started back up again. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. Wow. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> but, so, but because it took two seconds in my mind, I'm thinking, well, how I know for sure was that? And guys, I heard a voice. The only time I heard God's audible voice is clear as I'm talking to you. Say, you ask me for confirmation and still you doubt me. And I look around in my car and I get scared because I'm hearing a voice in my car. And um, I picked up the phone. I called my friend Rose. She started shouting. Now, I found out later they had been having night vigils and prayer meetings about me because I was very well known in the community. And they knew if they can get somebody like me saved, that I was going to bring a lot of people to Christ. They were right. Um, I went to the church the next day, Pastor Brian. I accepted Christ. And from that day forward, I have done nothing but get every, my, all my time, all my money and everything I can do to Jesus. And it's been the best. I don't, I say my life is lit. Being Christian is lit. I don't know how nobody could have the Bible and not be amazing because it, that's how I really feel about it because my life is amazing. Not that I haven't had my struggles, not that the enemy hasn't come against me, but it's really like everything that I ever wanted was in that book. And I didn't, and, and it's just amazing to me. And so my life now has been like this amazing journey with me doing as much as I can is bringing many people out of darkness in the light. So that's my story in a not too short nutshell. <laughs> so, so my first question Incredible. is, when is your book coming out? I got so many things going on. I don't know when I'm going to write it, but I do need to because I've, I've, I've met with other Muslims now that used to be, or Christians that used to be Muslims. And we're all got similar. A lot of us have similar experience that God came directly to us. And because I, and I recognize what I understand, I'm more mature spiritually now that God needed because literally, you know how many people got saved in my community? Cause they like, cause they, I was a well-known African-American, you know, I'm an executive of a big corporation. And then I changed from Muslim to Christian. So many people like, how did it happen? And I had these people after people, I was talking to everybody cause they were like, and so many people came to Christ. And now I know why God uses people like me and others that used to be in the old faith to get converted. And let me, I didn't tell you guys this, but this is the piece that I know why I got converted. I would always tell people, I lived a good life as a, as a, as a Muslim. I would always say, I got to go to heaven. So a lot of things I would do with this mindset, because in, in Islam, it says, if your left hand, I'll raise your right, you go to heaven. So I was always trying to do enough good to get me into heaven. I always said, I got to make it into heaven. And I know for, for, for a fact that, you know, when you look at the scripture, when Peter was sent to, when the, when the, when the, when the man said, those his people 
to Joppa. When he, he said, your arms that went up to God, your things. And he sent them to Joppa to get Peter. I was that man. I know I am. I'm that man now because I always was doing good. I was always trying to help people because I needed to get to heaven. But I knew God knew I couldn't get there. But I spoke Christianity into my life and didn't even know it at the time because he knew he had to bring me to heaven because I had been confessing it. So my confession met up. I just thought I was going one way, but God knew the way to get me there. It took him a while, but I'm here now. So <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know, I've, I've always heard it said that uh, one of the best ways to to start a conversation with, with a Muslim regarding their faith and, and the knowledge of Christ is to ask them, are you going to heaven and how are you sure? You're not. It, it, because it's a, it, it's, it's very workspace faith, kind of like what right. you were saying mm -hmm. there just a moment ago. And that can open up the door. So, wow. What a fantastic story. Yeah, Incredible. So, so like a couple of things jumped out at me, you know, in this story, first and foremost, praise God praise that him. you are, <laughs> that you know the Lord and that you are going to heaven. Uh, but secondly, you know, two things really jumped out. One is that, and this is kind of obvious, it's kind of a duh thing. Don't ever, ever think that regardless of where people are, regardless of their past, regardless of their religion, don't think that they can't meet the one true God and that they can't get to know him through Jesus Christ. You know, we, we make all kinds of excuses why not to talk to people and look at what God has done in your life. It's incredible. Yeah. And the other thing that stood out is that, wow, you were, you basically were watching people, you know, and, and saying, I don't know if I want anything to do with that. Boy, that really makes us start to, I mean, it makes me look at my own life and say, gee, are you living that life that's truly salt and light? Mm. Because we should be pulling, we should be making Christianity very tasty in people's eyes. And apparently you were hanging around with people that, not that weren't necessarily doing that. And then look at how you eventually found Christ. It was by really seeing someone who did kind of turn your way of thinking, even though she didn't even know you were watching. Well, let's not discount the power of prayer involved in that yeah, story too, because she mentioned that there were prayer warriors oh, absolutely. going to bat for her and, and intercessing between for her uh, absolutely. to God. So uh, my friends, if you're listening at home and there's somebody that you got that big fish you want to reach out to, that's how you start. You start with intercessory prayer. Yeah. They broke me yeah, down that, in prayer for sure. I'm sure they beat. The, yeah. Not in a negative that way. That is so true. Yeah, that is so true. I mean, just combining the uh the will well combining the lifestyle living a true you know christian walk and then being willing to talk to whoever but then backing it up with prayer because as jesus said it's literally impossible humanly speaking for someone to come to god but with god all things are possible so why wouldn't we start with prayer and obviously you know in your story it works what a tremendous story. Yeah, it did work. And it, it, it worked so well that um my now to the point that I'm so careful and I know we can all do what we want, but they say everything is everything's permissible, but everything's not prudent. And I said this to Jason the other day. I always tell people, if your life was the only Bible somebody read, what would it tell them about Jesus? And so mm. I'm very conscious of that because the way I came to Christ, if it wasn't for her living a, a Christian life, not knowing I'm watching you. So I say this to everybody and I'll say it to you guys. People are watching you. You don't know it. They'll never say anything. 
but they're watching. Absolutely. And so yes, you are. as a Christian, I'm very conscious of that because that's how I came to Christ. Cause I was watching somebody who lived their life real. She was very kind. She was fiery, but she loved on people. She prayed, she spoke the word. And I'm like, and, and, and it worked. It, it, she had results. So it wasn't like she was just talking. She had results and I was watching the results and I was in awe and I wanted to get to know whatever it was she was doing. Oh, I like how you're, you're focusing on the attractiveness of this. Like there was something that just drew you in. And my friends, if you're listening at home or in your car, uh, take a moment and just look at yourself. Take a, a little personal inventory and just one, ask yourself, how attractive am I for Christ? Mm-hmm. And if you're not where you want to be, you can repent and you can get better starting right now. Truth. Well, now there's one thing also that sticks out, uh, and I don't want to, I, I, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm sorry. How do you, how do you say your name? Karima. Karima. Kareem. Okay. I just didn't want to butcher it. (laughs) Um, So one thing I see in you that like, I can see why God would use you to, uh, to reach people or how he could use you. I really believe that the most important thing, if we're going to reach people is we really, well, first of all, we have to have a real genuine relationship with God. And I believe there are a lot of people out there that unfortunately are Christians in name only, you know, we call them kinos here you know, Christians in name only, they sort of profess Christianity, Mm -hmm. but they're not, you know, they're not really living the lifestyle. You know, I wouldn't even necessarily say that they're, they're not, they're not developing fruit, Mm -hmm. you know, that sort of thing. So I know I wouldn't necessarily personally call them Christians, but there are a lot of these people out there and it turns people off. But, uh, but the one thing that makes Christ the most attractive is when the world sees people who truly love him. And the one thing I see in your attitude and your spirit and your words and your excitement level. uh, In fact, people, if you could see her, she's like, she would, once she was telling the story, she's like rocking. I could tell she was so excited. You know, I can tell you love Jesus. Man, that's my guy. What? Yeah. (laughs) When you love Jesus so much that, you know, Jesus, well, Jesus said, you got to love him more than anyone else. In fact, your, your love for everyone else, including those close to you, like your husband, Mm -hmm. your children, your wife, you know, all these people, it should look like hate compared to how much you love God. And when you love him that much, it just spews out of you. It just oozes out of you. And it's not even evangelism anymore. It's just you sharing about what's most important to you. You see, this would be normal. I always say that my being excited about Jesus every day should be normal. And I don't, you know, I was telling him about how marketplace, you know, my husband, I run several businesses and I'm like this with Uh everybody. And if you can't hear about Jesus, you don't want to work with me. I'm just sorry. (laughs) I'm okay with it. Do you? But I mean, like Jesus, I don't have a, a secular life in my church life. I don't believe that's, that's not biblical. I have one life and everywhere I go, you get Jesus. I always say when I walk in the room, the atmosphere change, because I bring the King of glory with me. So deal with it. So I'm like, that's just who I deal with. And I work in all different, you know, we, my husband's an architect. We have an architectural firm. We got all kinds of things that work with everybody and they know we love God. And some people it's off putting too, but we okay with that because we don't try to force you, but we're not going to dumb it down or not be when, when we get a new contract, like, thank you, Lord. We're going to praise. I'm sorry, y'all. And I'm praising wherever I get the news at. So y'all going to have to let me have my little <laughs> praise dance and get over it and let me and keep moving. <laughs> but ultimately, those very same people, you know, with all humility, I bring a lot of people to Christ. A lot. And that's my job all the time. I'm always reaching. You're not going to be with me. You can't even eat dinner with me. I'm not trying to save somebody. Get them a big tip because I can lead them to Christ. Whatever I got to do. 
you know, and, and I work as hard as I do because I can have the money and the funds to change people like us. Then they want to hear about them because Jesus fed folks. We start talking to them. So that's another little tidbit. Stop trying to Amen. preach to people you ain't did nothing for. They don't want to hear it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think what you're talking about is, you know, it's integrity. It's into, it's an integrated life. I don't know how it's possible to have a Christian life and a worldly life. I, in fact, I'm not going to say who it was because you know, I don't want to really get political here, but I remember hearing a, uh, hearing a political figure who was running for president, you know, some years back and said, you know, I am, I'm a Christian, but that doesn't affect who I am when it comes to, you know, running, you know, doing politics. I, that's one compartment and my, you know, my Christianity is another compartment. And I'm, and I didn't even care what he stood for after that. I just thought I'm not voting for that person because I don't know how you could be that way. No. You know, I, I, if you're a Christian, it's going to influence every moment, every second, every, everything in your life. And if it isn't, then you're not, you're not living a life of integrity. Absolutely. So, yeah, I definitely, I'm, I, I'm all about that. That's awesome. For our listeners, hear her passion. Hear that passion. That's, that's a fire. That, and you know what? Sometimes uh, it, you may not be there right now. You might, you might be at Embers. But you know what? We serve a God who is still the great physician, and he knows how to build that fire back up. And I promise you, if there are things right now that you can do in your life that will take you further away from God, I promise you that there, the inverse is true, that there are things that you can do right now that will take you closer to God and it will help you build that fire and get that passion back up. Lean in. I like that. Oh, and listen to Karima's story. I mean, look at how messed up you were. My God. I mean, physically, oh, emotionally. Oh, shoot. Is yeah, it, I was wondering about the doctor's office. Yeah, the doctor's yeah. office. Run so with I went it. into the doctor's office. And I had my appointment. They just basically set up your appointment to get a scope. And, and I was going to come back. So I went and a friend of mine, at that point I accepted Christ. She went back with me to drive me home. And they took pictures of my stomach. I was miraculously healed. My stomach looked like a brand new stomach. They, I was given a brand new stomach. I don't know what had happened. I, I can't even tell you because I was like in this cloud of glory for like a year but i don't know what happened <laughs> how i don't even remember when i started baby to remember i went there literally that morning i tried to drink water i would be in so much pain just to drink water um but when i got to get the the test like two days later um they looked at my stomach and they showed me the picture they was like i don't know why they sent to me you have a perfect stomach there's nothing wrong with your stomach so it must be something you need to go see a therapist because it was my stomach looked brand new and i'm telling you this is a stomach that had uh, holes in it the whole nine yards it was completely healed wow. amen that is the power of god people it sure is and it really blows me away how we have unbelievers on this earth with miracles happening like yours all the time everywhere you know there's so many testimonies of of how god has impacted people's life in a way of miracle and a way of healing and a way of just spiritual healing, physical healing, everything. And yet we still have people that don't believe and it's, it's absolutely mind blowing. I kind of want to toss that to Karima here because during uh, uh, our first interview with you, you mentioned, um, are you running toward a rock that's higher than you? Mm, that's my scripture right there. You know, go for it. Tell me a little bit more about well, that. Anybody who whose beginning and ending starts with themselves, there's it's no hope. 
because that's the problem. We are a self society. And if you don't believe there's someone outside of you that you can go to, that's how you end up depressed, anxiety, Mm -hmm. suicidal. And so I'm always using that. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, because I can't do it. Clearly I can't do it. All this going on. And I'm talking to someone right now, all that stuff going on in your life that you're trying to handle on your own. That's the problem. So God says, you know, and then Psalm David said, lead me to the rock that is higher than I, because then in that position and that position of humility and that position of, I need help. You know, that scripture says, I am the God of gesture one that rise the heavens, even the heavens to come and help you. And so on that scripture, I think of God riding in on a cloud coming to help me. So I need that something that's higher than me. And the problem with our society now, even a lot of believers who don't know that God is there to help them, they're trying to do it on their own. And I love David so much in the Psalm because he was always in this position of humility. Like, I'm not even trying to do this on my own. I need you to lead me to a rock that is higher than you. Then I, I need you to show me something that I can't do. God said, with God, all things are possible. But we always forget the with. It's with God. He's like, we don't want to be with God. God doesn't want us to work for him. He wants us to walk with him. And my my key to this fire is that I spend the time in God's presence. And so when I step out, it just oozes out of me. And it's not me. I'm not all that special. To be perfectly honest, what you hear inside of me is the Holy Spirit using every opportunity that he places me in to reach people. Oh, yeah. And you're there and you're, you're being used by him simply because of the fact that you love him more than anything else. You know, and that's obvious. I, I can, I mean, I just look, just hearing you, 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 you are a good example of loving God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And you do that, you're going to, God is going to use you. I also really like how you, you mentioned that everything that you're working on all these different projects and why you work so hard is so you is because you have enough to give. And I think of the average believer who's like, man, I really don't want to even do my 10% or not even realizing that 10% is the starting line. Right. <laughs> you know, so that's baby steps. If you're still trying to conquer um, tithing, then because it's not your money, it's not your money. What you going to steal from God for? He gave it all to you. I mean, get over yourself. <laughs> it's not, he says pay tithes and give offerings. It's not yours. But see, Uncle Sam, that's why he don't fool with us with the taxes because they know you wouldn't give it. So they take it, but God wants us to do everything willingly. And Rick, you know, something God has been showing me lately, and we talk about it on the relevant show all the time. It came up on our episodes. Love, God is love, and love loves me. <laughs> I don't know if somebody got that. Love loves yes. me. Man, that I sit on that every day. Love loves me. Y'all, y'all don't, y'all not ready for this. Love loves me. <laughs> love loves me. I mean, think about it. Love, the embodiment of who he is is love, and he loves you. So how could you go right. wrong when love loves you, man? Right. And we're looking for people. I really, <laughs> I also really appreciate how you, you talk about you're using your business to build the kingdom, man. That's the only reason. Rather than letting the world build you. That's, that's the, the converse side of that. There are so many people who build their careers and they want to follow all these secular rules because they want to build their career, mm-hmm. not realizing that. The reality is we're supposed to be using our career to build the kingdom. Right. That's because nobody. All tools. Nobody has an eternity perspective. I'm aware that I'm an eternal person 
And this is the time I have to see where I'm going to be at for eternity. And I'm not just, you know, there's all these crowns in heaven. God got all these galaxies to run. I don't know what the new world going to be like, but I plan to be getting cities and nations. And so I know what I do now. I have an eternal perspective. And when you have an eternal perspective, you realize that you can't live for yourself now. So my time, I want to go to my grave completely spent. And I, for me, because I took long later in life to accept Christ, uh, I feel like I got to make up for time. And so I'm like, you know, literally my goal, my husband and my goal is to give away 90% of our income uh, to, to get to the point that we're typing. We're not at that point yet, but we're about 35% and we're trying to grow and grow and grow. And that's to the church directly. I'm not talking about anybody else we do because we be- totally believe y'all out there that's trying to get everybody else give to your church. Don't go somewhere and get fed and take the money to give it to somebody else. You give them money to where you're getting feed. Pastor Rick, that's a plug for the church. Because folks always want to know these people. I believe God's word. Look, God says it's his house. So I'm not worried. Don't, don't talk about what they're doing with it. As long as you give it to it in faith, you know God holds them accountable. It's not my job to hold Pastor Rick or my pastor accountable. God does that. So what I do is make it uh, uh, as much as I can to make you be able to do what God has called you to do. He used to equip me. And while you're equipping me, I need to make sure you have everything you need so I can be equipped to go out there and change the world. Amen. Well, I need to, you know, we need to have her come in and speak some Sunday. I tell you, I'm getting fired up. <laughs> I'm we'll from Indiana, guys. All my family is in Indiana. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, South Bend. Oh. So I'm right around the corner. I would love to come. Whenever you want me, I'm there. Wow. We yeah. might have to consider yeah, this. This, 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 this could, that, uh, yeah, I'm all about that. So. I'm I'm curious. So one of the things you mentioned in in the interview was the marketplace ministries. Have we really hit everything you want to say about that topic? No, because what I think most people most people do they go into this they they have this divided life. They have this life that is of God, and then they go into the marketplace. And you know, you ask people, and I know Pastor Rick, and if you guys know how you you know you know bring people to church, you should be evangelizing, and then nobody in your job know you're Christian. Nobody in your job knows y'all got a program at at church. Nobody Mm -hmm. in your job knows that you love God. And that's a problem because your life should be. And then you're embarrassed to say something about it because you know the things you're doing don't line up with the word. And then you come and you put on this other face in your job. And so we have these Mm -hmm. things like we don't believe in part time ministry here. (laughs) One of our pastors said, if you're a part time, if you're a part time um, minister, you're a full time center. (laughs) <laughs> because he believes that everybody Ooh. has been called to ministry. I'm not saying pastor because that's an office. We've all been right. called to ministry. Pastor is an office. Prophet is an office. But in terms of this, all of us have been called to ministry. So if you're a part-time right. minister, you're a full-time sinner. Because that means you're not giving your all to God. And God didn't call us to give him part-time. He called us to give us all to him. And so I believe that. Oh, yeah. I, I tell people here, I, I ask them, I say, you know, what? how many hours does God call you to ministry? <laughs> it's 24 seven, baby, 24 seven. Now, you know, it, not all that ministry is going to be done in the church. Some of it's going to be done in the marketplace. Some of it's going to be in your home. Some of it's going to be with your kids, but it's 24 seven ministry. And he wants all our life, not just a piece. Wait a minute, and he owns it all. That's the part that we haven't, you know, we want a savior pastor and, you know, Nathan and Jason, but we don't want a Lord because Lord Lord's, they actually, you, you do what they say. We want saviors, right. but we don't want a Lord. And our pastor is mm-hmm. always going to, when you have a Lord, that means he tells you what to do. You obey him. So everybody wants to save you because that's the meat aspect of it. Oh, he saved me, but we don't want a Lord, but I have a Lord and my Lord and savior. You don't say my savior, Lord, my Lord and savior, Lord first. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called me to 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 walk this life, 
every single day, you know? And I'm always saying That'll being preach. a Christian is lit. I'm lit. My life is lit. I don't, I don't know who done told y'all that being a Christian is boring. <laughs> you need to listen to this podcast because it's ancient mama podcast, first of all. <laughs> first, and it's, That's right. Secondly, you can live an amazing life. As a matter of fact, what God has for you is so much better than what you think you have for yourself. And I thought, because like I said, I was living a quote unquote American dream, but uh, having money and success is what having millionaires will commit suicide every day. And so clearly that's not it. I don't know what you come to do. <laughs> come to praise me. awesome wow what is what what a wonderful woman so uh, i would love to keep the conversation going but i also want to be respectful for your time um jason do you have something more you want to you want to do you want to bring her into the wheel yeah i think it's time to play a game Ah, i'm excited it's It's time time for the wheel And we will spin. And the game is multiple choice. Multiple choice. The pressure is on. (laughs) Okay. Multiple choice. So I'll give you a little hint on this one because uh, Pastor Rick and I, we started this one and sometimes the wording can be tricky, but pay it close attention. Okay. okay? In, other words, In other words, they try to make trick questions. So be careful. <laughs> be careful. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 20 questions. Um, Pastor Rick beat me five to four. So I, I can't, I can't complain. 20 questions. The first one will go to Krima. God asked Jeremiah to buy a belt and hide it in the cleft of a rock. Many days later, it had become what? A snake, bread, a stick, or useless? Yes, and like a belt, cleft of a rock. And it became, what are the options here? A snake, bread, a stick, or useless? Useless. Correct. Ta-da, good job. <laughs> there oh, we I'll go. do a yay. Okay. Um we'll go clockwise. Nathan. They will mount up with wings like blank. They will run Eagles. and not be weary. They will walk Thanks, and not be dude. faint. Eagles, correct. Eagle. He said beagles. I thought he said beagles. <laughs> I don't know how they got that clip, <laughs> Rick. Don't judge so that you won't be blank. Uh, judged. Correct. Oh, don't get me started. That's one of those verses that is entirely mis- totally. misunderstood. Yes. We can go on a whole tangent on that Indeed. one. I think we probably on the same page on that. <laughs> Karima, what's the first animal sacrificed in the Bible? A bull, a sheep, a goat, or a pigeon? What did he kill to put the skin on them? Was that? I'm trying to think of, was it a? Say it again. The, the answers. Uh, a bull, a sheep, a goat, or a pigeon. First animal sacrificed in the Bible. Do we get a phone a friend or anything like this on this? <laughs> Wrong game. You can Sorry. do facts and figures. 
Um, you can get a clue. Is it a pigeon? You going with the yeah. pigeon? Oh, wrong. I, think it's a, I was thinking of Cable yeah. was the keeper of sheep and offered some of his firstborn. Because <laughs> I think I was <laughs> it's too easy to be a sheep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Okay. All right, Nathan. When Jesus' disciples cried, Master, Master, we are dying, they were blank, drowning, starving, being stoned, or in a boat. I want to say in a boat, but I'm trying to, I, I'm, I'm, afraid, I'm, afraid, I'm afraid I'm overthinking it. So let's just go with in a boat. In a boat. That's right. Yeah. Correct. That is correct. <laughs> and the kids go wild. The disciples were in a boat in a terrible storm and they feared for their lives. Luke eight twenty four. Rick, how many times did God empower a man so he could cross a water on dry ground? One time, two times, three times, or four times? Well, I can only think of one, so I'm going to go with one and not overthink it. Three. Oh! Incorrect. Four, four times. Moses four. divided the Red Sea. Joshua stopped the Elisha. Jordan. Elijah oh, yeah. Oh, my Elisha goodness. both divided the Jordan. Okay, I said that is three. Yeah. Okay, I forgot they both divided. I'm glad you got that one, Pastor Rick. I'm just going to throw that out yeah, there. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, that was... I didn't even think it through. I just... I'm just hey, let's just run Rick. with it. Go. Oh, well. Karima. Win God, some, lose some. God and Satan had a meeting about a certain man. Who exactly? Joe. Judas? Joe, yes. <laughs> Correct. Uh, Nathan, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and blinks all things, tolerates, forgives, does, endures. Endures. You are correct. Ding, 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 ding. Rick, the longest Bible sermon ever recorded was preached by who? Pastor Rick. Moses, yes. (laughs) Moses, Peter, Paul, Mark, or Pastor Rick? What? I'm sorry. The longest Bible sermon by Moses, Peter, Paul, or Mark. Yeah, I want to say Paul because somebody actually fell out of the window, tired, uh, sleeping. So I'm going to go with, oh, but then again, Moses, he went on and on and on. Oh, I'll just stick with Paul. Correct. Ta-da! It is the same story. All day, all night, he fell, died. They woke him up and kept praying. So I think that kind of that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that had to be a long one. It even says that story right here. Acts twenty seven through eleven. There Paul once preached until midnight. A boy fell asleep and dropped dead from the third story window. Paul eh. revives him. Paul continues his sermon until sunrise. Mm-hmm. Wow, we got we got preaching. We got miracles. We got stupidity falling asleep out right. of a window. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Got it all. We got a three-way tie. Karima, but seek first God's blank and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as Kingdom. well. Kingdom. Ding, 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 Correct. ding. Correct. Okay, Nathan, in which book did God see a lot of good things? Genesis? Genesis. Yep. I like these questions. They're good. Rick, count it. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you fall into various temptations, knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? Endurance, humility, love, Endurance. or holiness. Correct. Karima, this is my beloved son in who I am well pleased. Blink to him. Pray, go, listen, or run. Careful. This is my beloved son in who I am well praised. Please. I know the scriptures. What's up? What are the words again? Pray, go, listen, or run. Listen. I think you're right. 
You knew you were right. We just studied that one in Bible. Survey uh, says, Bible, ding, 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 number ding, one ding. answer. Nathan, how many times did Goliath defy the armies of the living God? Once, twice, 40, or 80? How many times did Goliath defy the living God? Oh, man. That's a tough one. Bye. Just go with 80. Correct. Oh, I had a 25% chance on that. Wowzers. 80 times he defied Israel since for 40 days he presented himself once in the morning and once in the Mm. evening. But David got him. Rick, which man offered a bull on an altar soaked in the water and then prayed to God to set it on fire? Odiah, Elijah, Isaiah, or Hosea? That's Obadiah, by the way. That was Elijah. What did I say? Obadiah. You said Odiah or something. Odiah. Obadiah. That's my dyslexia. I think it's dyslexia. This, I can't even talk. What? This. (laughs) (laughs) This is one of my favorite Bible stories, by the way. You know, I'm I'm thinking this was Elijah, but, uh, you know, I get names all wrong. Elijah? Who knows? That's right. Correct. There you go. This is when he was like, where's your, where's your priest, your priest of all, where is your God? Maybe he's in the bathroom taking right. a crap. <laughs> <laughs> Elijah did this when he challenged the 450 prophets of ball. Crema, ball, ball, tomato, tomato. <laughs> go, Crema, go and make disciples of all blank. Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Gentiles, people, nations, or lands. Make disciples of all Gentiles, people, nations, or land. Peoples. People. Oh. Wrong. Nations. Nations. I was going to say nations. Why did I say people? I knew it was nations. I say that scripture all the time. (laughs) I know you. I know you know. (laughs) It's okay, though. Aww. (laughs) Now the kids are, now the kids are unhappy. I know. Rick, manna. Wait, would it be uh, Nate? Oh, that's what I meant. Nate, manna, blank, when the sun gets hot, melts, petrifies, burns, or molds? Um, I know it goes bad, but how does it go bad? Melts, petrifies, <laughs> burns, or molds? I, know, right? I think I, I think see I'm, only one I obvious I think I'm going to say molds because it, it got stank. Uh, it's only a possible answer. That's oh. not right. It's melts, right? When the sun yeah. get, grew hot, it melted. I it, didn't know. Yeah, yeah melt? it melts and it mold. I think it it goes it yeah. goes bad if they try to store it for to the next it day. I thought it molded too. Yeah. So that's why they could only yeah, yeah see what yeah. I mean. They could only take enough for these. that day so that they would trust God every day. Tricky. So if you tried to hog it, okay. Um, Rick, Lord, if you want to, you can make me clean. Was spoken by a beggar, Peter, a leper, or a traveler. It just sounds like a leper. It so. Sounds very leper. Sounds leperish. Very so we leperish. Studied yeah, that's this correct. Bible study. Sounds leperish. <laughs> <laughs> very leperish. That sounds like a flavor I of was gonna, candy. Leperish. Oh, if you guys had gotten that wrong, I was going to call you out in Bible study tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. So, Karima, you're up. How many times did Moses stretch out his hand over the Red Sea? One time, two times, three times, or never? He told him to stretch out his hand, though. So once. One time. Incorrect. (laughs) Moses stretched out his hand twice upon God's commandment, 
first to divide the sea and then after clo- crossing to close it? Oh, that is not Rude. There's that trick question coming to bite us. Rude. There it is. <laughs> Nathan, Jesus often used a blink to escape the crowds. A chariot, a boat, a donkey, or a camel? Hmm. You know this. I really want to say something funny, but I'll stick with the right answer. It's boat. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta be right. Yes. I thought it was taxi. <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna say terrible flatulence, but I figured that that wouldn't. Really- <laughs> it's a it's a um. Okay, we got two two more questions. Okay. Uh, probably just one, or do we? Is or, it, other that would. Oh yeah, we'll end with her. Sure, give her a bonus oh, question. I might have messed up. Anyway, all right. But be blank of the word and not only hearers, deluding your own selves. Doers. Readers, preachers, lovers, or doers. Doers. Correct. As a pastor, you guys love that song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Karima, the final question. How many books are there in the Old Testament? 27, 35, 39, 66. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. 27. I have no idea on that one. I never count up. <laughs> Take a guess. 25. I was reading the wrong. Um, That's right. <laughs> 39. 39. 39 is the answer. 39 books in the Old Testament. I didn't know that one. I never counted them. So, yeah. <laughs> I guess I, I thought it was 27. I might study. have been thinking of the New Testament books. Did it yeah. say Old Testament? It did. Oh, it, it did. did say Old Testament. Yeah. I was thinking I had 30. I had New Testament in my head. I did too. And I was thinking 27 was the correct answer. Yeah. 39. Okay. So, our winner is uh, Rick. No. Oh. Oh, Rick. Well, See, I feel bad. It would be really bad if you didn't win. So. <laughs> Isn't that right? And, Isn't and, that right? In second place, our guest, Karima. Yeah! Woo! And Nathan, I'm place. sorry. I I'm actually... Place. I'll let you have that one. Go what ahead, are you talking Karima. about? Four, five. Oh, it's tied. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you guys both got four, so you guys tied for second place. Yeah, but since Kareem is our guest, we're gonna we're gonna honor her though. She's an honorary you know, winner. See, that's called the love of Christ right there. That's right. That's right. Um, you guys, so, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. Um, so would you like to close us out in prayer this evening? Oh wow. I always love to pray. Everybody know me. I love to pray. So yes, absolutely. Lord, first, I just want to thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for the spirit that started this. Um, We do nothing on our own. Everything comes from you. And we are so appreciative of this platform that you have given um, your servants to reach people that may have never been reached any other way. I thank you for their lives. I bring a fresh blood covering. I draw a bloodline. I plead a hedge of protection over each of them, everybody that is listening and everyone connected to this show. Lord God, let the counsel of the Godhead stand as they continue to do the work of the ministry. I ask you to bless each of them, Lord God. Let everything that their hands touch prospers. Let them know no lack. Let them know no sorrow. Let them know no suffering. And anyone watching this, um, listening to this podcast under the sound of my voice, we speak God's favor upon your life. We say that favor surrounds you like a shield. And we also say that everything that your hands touches will prosper. We thank you, Father God. And I also ask that you continue to bless us to bring more um, viewers. We release the angels, the hunters and the fishers to bring more listeners and people to hear this podcast because it can reach the masses and it can reach all the people as you told us to go ye out into the nations and to bring in disciples let this be a 
a point of contact for people that want to know your word and want to be connected to you. Lord God, we thank you. We honor you. We worship you in spirit and in truth, our strength and our everlasting redeemer in the mighty, mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Wow, what an amazing prayer that was. That was a great prayer. Thank you, Karima. Yeah, thank you so much. Karima, where can people find you? What's the name of your podcast? It's called Relevant, the Word Works. They can go to our website, um, Relevant DC. Um, and all of our connection, and, and there you can connect with us, you know, our Facebook, our Instagram, everything is on our um, our website, our podcast, the actual talk show that's on YouTube and Facebook. So Relevant DC, www.relevantdc.com. Okay, amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It was an absolute pleasure having you on the show. You're delightful. Oh, from you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to having you back sometime because I really want to kind of oh, dive man. into some of these backstories you share. Yeah, yeah. I'd indeed. love to ask yeah. some, some of your perspective from the uh, with your Islamic history. So, uh, but I'll, I'll save man, that for the I'm, next one. I'm here whenever you guys. You guys, I love this show. I love what you guys thank are doing. You. Um, just thank you. I'm so honored and so grateful. You didn't have to allow me to come on your platform and to have anything to say. And the fact that you did, I'm very, very grateful. I'm very humble and I'm very appreciative. Thank you so much. God bless you guys. It's been a wonderful. Now, not only do I feel like I know you, I actually know you because I'm like, I'm one of the elite now. I've been on the Ain't Your Mama podcast. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, we appreciate your, your support of the show and, um, yeah, that's it's great to meet a fan and a fellow Christ follower and Yeah. Any anything you wanna say before we say goodbye, Rick? Uh other than go and do exactly what you heard tonight. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Make disciples of all nations and uh, make sure that you're living a life that uh, is worthy of the calling and so that you can be the salt and light. Yeah. That's right. Well, Karima, Amen. thank you so much. Thank and you so have an amazing rest of your evening. You too. Night, guys. Good night. Good night. All right. Well, that was an amazing guest. What a powerful, powerful interview. That yes. was great. It was a very, very powerful. What a testimony. Well, that is the show for this evening. Folks, thanks so much for tuning in and joining us and uh, listening to Karima's amazing story. And um, the game was fun. The game was fun. Yeah, the game was fun. Think, it was. And I think both of our listeners are going to enjoy it. <laughs> all, all her, well, she was one of them. She was here. So. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, uh, folks, thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, if you haven't rated or commented on the show, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and a comment. We'd love to hear from you. And with that, say goodnight, Rick. Goodnight, Rick. Good night, Nathan. Good night, Nathan. Good night, everybody. 